Hey there, all of you beautiful people out there in podcast land. It's your friend, John, from the JoJo Podcast. I know that change can be hard. So I wanted to give you a little update and prepare your mind for what your ears are about to hear. We have started a new sub-show within the main show that we are calling Pro vs. Joe. So what do we do on Pro vs. Joe? Well, I'm going to introduce you in this first episode to my friend, Brian, air quotes, the Joe, close. He is the Director of Operations for All-American Real Estate Services out of Tacoma, Washington. And then you know me. (laughs) I'm John, air quotes, the Pro, Isaacson, currently Project Manager for Three Kings Environmental, based in Vancouver and Tacoma, Washington, serving all of Oregon and Washington's demolition and abatement needs. We both bring our diverse experiences to this show for your listening pleasure. Pleasure. Pressure. Pleasure. Pleasure. Brian has been in construction, business development, and property management for many years, but is new to the process of working within the insurance claims paradigm. Um, for me, it's been really refreshing working with Brian and Brandon at All American and witnessing and experiencing their excitement for learning this industry. Kind of refreshes my excitement as well. And as you know, uh, from my extensive Wikipedia page, um, coverage on TMZ, interviews with industry outlets such as R&R Magazine with Michelle Blevins. And episode five of the GMS podcast with Jarrett Steer. Um, I have been working, as you know, in property restoration for over 17 years. That's a lot to some and just getting started to to many others. Um, You all, of course, religiously read my monthly column with Restoration and Remediation magazine titled The Intentional Restorer. (laughs) Uh, The money is just rolling in, so thank you. Um, Anyways... This is something new. For Pro vs. Joe, we mix our thoughts on culture, discussions about business, and in general, just try to have a good time. You can see the action on YouTube or listen here on the D.O. Joe podcast. We thank you for your support. And if you have any feedback or ideas, please hit us up on Instagram. Thank you and enjoy. Okay, we're both recording then. Double double whammy. Okay. Um, 37 minutes. Engaged. Engaged. Okay, so we got this. Alright, um we're calling it pros versus jokes. So, okay, uh the you can notice in the background, Frank. I'm trying to <laughs> This is a great start. Frank has a mask on because this is different this is right so i've got my good friend brian close with me here and what's uh, up man yeah so uh you're enjoying a nice cigar out on the nice cigar on the patio it's 62 degrees outside at 8 30 i am what are you not complaining right now what are you rolling with for cigars a little uh white label monte cristo okay yeah I got a uh, fire. What you got there? Uh, Mind Haze, Hazy IPA. Is it hoppy? Yeah, it's pretty hoppy, smooth. You know that uh, bubbly. Okay, so 
what do we uh what are you millennials watching um you know the you do you millennials watch the last dance do you know who michael jordan is no oh, i know who michael jordan is <laughs> but i don't know if i <laughs> huh? i am a millennial who likes michael jordan better than lebron james so Dang. okay hey, con controversial i guess right well that's so so that's one thing um i i i Okay, so we were talking about this the other day, something that separates millennials from like um, Gen X or, or whatnot or is telling of your age because millennials is what, 80, 81, 82, sometimes 83. So I'm right on the and, and 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 the cutoff of the millennial was we thought was like if you were born pre or post internet, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. And and you so you're you're um, old enough that you remember getting the disc the AOL disc right AOL yes okay, okay. dial up yeah yeah if you got home to if you got home and everyone else was on you couldn't get on because the, the bandwidth was taken up right so a buddy of mine was talking today and one of the things he thinks um, maybe an age differentiator is you remember playing the original NBA Jam and then he also he's said on fire he's on fire. Um, a couple couple years ago, we found at GameStop um, an NBA Jam, but it was uh, it had Kevin Durant and Brian uh, Westbrook on the Thunder. So Sonics were Russell out. Westbrook. What did I? Say? So he had a. You said Brian Westbrook, the safety from the Eagles. <laughs> yep. There you go. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was like basketball, and then they uh, were. It was football. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that shows, uh, you know, how detailed I am with my sports knowledge. So, so you were you were you an NFL Blitz fan? You know, I I I, uh, I played that on arcade uh, a couple of times, but I've I've never played it on console. So that's so why I, I would like supercharge and like tackle people and yeah, and, and the the Dallas Cowboys were the best team because they had Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, and Deion Sanders. And if you went and bought the, uh, remember how you could go to like fred meyer or wherever and get yeah. like the the video game books with the cheats in it if you yeah. found the unlimited turbo that was the oh, the dang. number one cheat because then if you had dion he was faster than everybody so you i mean it was get your interceptions so my buddy was saying well, he, he played offense too in nfl blitz oh so he, was, he was playing both ways on that see that was the my buddy said he played uh, the vikings because it was randall cunningham chris carter randy and moss. randy moss <laughs> so um but yeah so what do you what did what did you think about um, the last dance? Let's say the first two episodes was uh, was there any takeaways or things that stood out to you? Well, one, I, I mean, I, I think I've, I've watched the first two episodes twice, oh, okay. and then of course watched the three and four last night. But um, it's it's cool to see um, Michael Jordan like in his own element, like where he's yeah. actually like really like blunt and honest about all yeah. of that time yeah um because you don't really get a you don't you know he was pre-social media and everything so you didn't really ever get to see that um so for someone who i mean michael jordan is my favorite athlete of all time so it's really cool to kind of see that behind the scenes yeah um growing up i mean jordan was my favorite so well and i guess we should say um you know early on when we met the first golf tournament we did you and brandon had um the air jordan uh golf golf shoes that's right yeah. That's uh, those are pretty pretty badass. That's a, that's a cool story too because that those were you got those up in Bend, right? Yeah, down in Bend. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, they got released. It was a limited edition um, for the U.S. Open, I think. It was either the U.S. Open or the Masters. I couldn't remember. It was probably the Open because it was in the summer. Um, but then they re-released them to like seven or eight golf courses across the country. And we were at, we were in Sun River and they just, I walked in the clubhouse and they happened to be there. Yeah. So naturally I had to call Brandon, you know, my, yeah. my partner and Hey, do we need these? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's branding. <laughs> it definitely stands out at a golf tournament. Yeah. So we show up and we look good when we're, you know, when yeah. we're biz devving at our, at our golf tournaments. So. I, uh, Eugene, Oregon to me has, you know, some of the best beer in the nation. And then Bend is, is, is up there. Bend and, is good uh, too. Who is it? Andy McCabe. That's uh, his stomping grounds. He was on the podcast and, um, you know, it's beautiful out there. Beautiful. You can, you know, golf and, and do all the water sports and, and hiking in the summer and then skiing in the winter. So, yeah, it's great. I, w- I would say from the last dance, the thing that stuck out uh, from, episode one and two was just how underpaid Scotty Pippen was. Um, but it's kind of, right. so the, you know, the LeBron Jordan thing, um, you know, just watching that and seeing how uh, teams were allowed to play defense, <laughs> you know, so I think that's something that doesn't even Kobe, like the, the, just Jordan got the piss beat out of them day in and day out, yeah. especially in the Eastern conference. Um, but then, having Pippen and um, what did they say? Uh, the owner had said, you know, don't even, it's not an option to come talk to me about, you yeah. know, sign the deal. And he admits, he goes, you know what, it was like a year or two before things started getting stupid with salaries and started the, the, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes, but he signed the deal and Pippen signed like a seven year deal or something. Cause he like, yeah, for like $18 million or something, yeah. something crazy. And, but at the time, he was thinking he wanted, you know, um, to, to secure things for his family. But what – so at, right. at one point, he's like the number two player on the Bulls, you know, top ten in the league. He's the number six salary on the Bulls at like $2.7 million and the 122nd salary in the league. You know? So imagine right. like all of the players ahead of him that are making, you know. Well, and what's, what's crazy even on top of that is in 1998 was the 50th anniversary of the NBA. And yeah. he was voted as one of the top 50 all-time NBA yeah. players. Yeah. I mean, Scottie Pippen's amazing. I mean, but yeah. he had a bad agent. That's <laughs> just. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's like, he's all that more sympathetic in the show because he's like, I wanted to, he wasn't like, you know, I want to get paid to get paid. He was like, I wanted a long-term deal. I want security for my family. It is full yep. extended family. And um, Well, and I think, it, you you think about it when he would have signed that contract it probably was what the early had it been the early 90s if you know yeah. like 91 92 yeah that was probably a lot of money then yeah there was probably no one thinking that michael jordan would be making 36 million dollars a year yeah in 98 well and then what that was mean? when the nba was crazy there was no cap on yeah. what people could play players you know what i mean i mean you think about it now what would lebron be worth i mean he 75 million dollars you know it'd be something crazy be like soccer money international soccer yeah, money, yeah soccer. That ronaldo money right or yeah money. yeah yeah so that's crazy the other the other thing obviously as a sonics fan is uh what they got um so pippen was 87 right jordan's 84 pippen's 87 sonics have pippen uh apparently they drafted him for the bulls and then they they trade and they get old and poly nice does anyone know who that is no <laughs> And then uh, Sonics get Sean Kemp in 89. Yeah. Uh, and then Gary Payton in 90, right? And so, but obviously, 
if you get pimp in, you know, with, with the other pieces. Well, what I thought was crazy was they they showed uh, Scotty's childhood friend that said that when Scotty went to college his first year, he was like 6'1". Yeah. And then he came back that, wow. that first summer and he was like 6'4". Yeah. And then he went back to college and he came back and he was like 6'8". And the friend yeah. was like, what are they, what are they giving you? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, and not to, but spoiler alert, I guess Dennis Rodman had a similar growth spurt, right? You know, so. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. I think the, I really think for fans, um, you know, obviously the, the, the buildup is the drama, right? And they're doing a good job of telling the backstory to lead yep. up to, hey, this is Michael, this is Scotty, three, yep. I've watched most of three, which, oh, I've watched all of three, which is about Rodman. So the the honestly the Phil Jackson one is that um, was pro, was that's four that that was yeah. probably my favorite one so far because I yeah. knew most of the Jordan stuff and same with Pippen I mean there was some stuff there yeah and seeing the the back and forth between Jerry Krause and all that I mean that was can you imagine that today like if I mean like if uh, who's the owner of the Patriots Robert Kraft if he would have come and said you know what Belichick I don't care if you go sixteen and zero and win the Super Bowl you're not coming back and either is Tom Brady and anybody yeah. like yeah it's unthinkable yeah well and 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 two to go from being the gutter to being the height and then thinking yeah we could do it without the players or whatever is basically how a statement comes off you know obviously right. you know we're in Seahawk land where you know you know changing the parts out and whether they did it too soon or or not yeah. you know it's uh you know who knows what could have been so well and, and speaking of the Seahawks I mean think about it Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas both signed the contracts quote too early yeah and then the market for the safeties went up and that caused a lot of the rift that yeah. ultimately kind of led to the doom of the dynasty you know well and that uh you know going back to Sean Kemp I think by the time he leaves same kind of thing he was feeling like he was undervalued and those kinds yeah. of things so that was the other I don't think they talk about that but it's been some off off script is there was a serious talks about Kemp for Pippen in like 94 or something like that. And whether that would have been a good trade for Pippen or not, but um, if that would have kept Kemp, you know, kind of more engaged in the game and what his career could have been if he really stayed with it, you know. Well, and apparently in 97, they, tr they almost traded Scotty Pippen for Tracy McGrady. Oh, geez. Which if you pair Scotty or uh, uh, T-Mac with Michael Jordan, yeah. at the end of Michael Jordan's career that might have jeez yeah so who knows yeah yeah all those who it's, it, it's fun it's fun to look back and like think about those what if scenarios yeah. right yeah well and then yeah obviously the 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 Sonics probably wouldn't have been in a position to get Peyton but then Shrimp ended up being a key part of it and you know I mean they took it they took the Bulls in 96 to six games you know so funny story I um Gatorade used to have this deal where um, you pull on the cap for the finals. And like, um, so I pulled the cap, it was Bulls in six, right? And being a Sonics fan, I was like, oh, I don't care. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> it happened. That's what happened. And so I got this water bottle, a bag, and like a towel or something like that. Nice. So, nice. There you go. The, the, end of, uh, the end of the era, but, uh, you know, at least I got Gatorade swag. So, um, well, let's introduce a bit, you know, they're like – everybody's used to me i mean i've got tens of people following me i know has tmz has tmz caught you i mean i know it's been well, sh the shutdown i mean are you yeah, prepared for that the next time you go to the grocery store i'm you know, just like, not wearing your mask 
guys, I'm, I'm here with my wife and my family. And yeah. they're like, oh, you know, they don't do that for most celebrities. But for me, they're like, you know, hey, let's give them a space. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, um, but uh, introducing who you are. So our concept for this is pros versus Joes, right? Right. And not in any way diminishing your experience, but um, you've got a history in the construction and property management industry. Right. Your company is in the process of transitioning into property restoration insurance work and specifically, you know, messing around with Xactimate. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's fun, man. It's fun. Yeah. So uh, maybe a brief, you know, what's your background in construction? Um, what was all American doing prior to um, prior to you know this pivot and then, yeah um, yeah ready to well, think all right so like you said I was a commercial property manager for uh, almost ten years um, met my business partner Brandon mm, seven eight years ago uh, he worked for one of the main um, GCs that worked at a lot of our sites that we took care of and um, hit it off. Just kind of, we were on site a lot together and just had a lot of conversations and he had aspirations to go off on his own and start his own thing. Um, I mean, he's had training in almost any kind of construction there is since he, yeah. I mean, his real technical guy. Yeah. He knows, he knows a lot of stuff and um, I have a business degree from UW. I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial, um, wanted to have kind of a side hustle type of thing. And so we just started talking and, you know, one thing led to another and he decided to make the jump and I was like, Hey, I'll just kind of behind the scenes, you know, run the business aspect of it, make you a logo and set you up a, you know, a actual email address and yeah. uh, business cards, that type of stuff. Kind of just those things you need as a, to make yourself quote legitimate in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely just kind of faded out of one profession and made the jump um, a little over two years ago, full-time at All-American, which that is the name of my company, All-American Real Estate Services. We are soon to be All-American Construction Services. Um, and um, we have done anything and everything in construction so far that we've come across. I mean, we, we started off primarily as a maintenance company um, yeah. obviously, you know, servicing properties that I took care of and things like that. Yeah. So that's kind of where we, our niche was at that point. Um, we were, you know, a service provider for a lot of um, three or four kind of big brand corporations that had a lot of sites that we took care of um, after hours work, things like that. Um, yeah. All the fun stuff. Yeah. All that stuff that, you know, you can't do during the day that we had to figure yeah. out how to have night crews and yeah. You know, you had to have keys and access codes and all that kind of stuff, which yeah. is kind of fun. I mean, you learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and then slowly but surely, we've always, both Brian and I have always kind of had that desire to um, own and manage our own real estate down the road. Yeah. Um, so we've dabbled in, um, you know, residential remodels, um, oh, yeah. single family yeah. homes. We've done an improvement. Yeah. We've done commercial TIs like that. We've done a couple of build outs for some national brands as well. Um, commercial construction, um, full on, um, remodels of like apartment complexes and stuff like that. Um, and you know, this kind of leads into where, you know, we met you and we were just kind of looking to find something that was economy proof and, yeah. uh, maintenance is economy proof, but 
there's a lot of overhead that is required yeah. in maintenance because you got to have a lot of guys, you got to have a lot of vehicles, um, you know, just it, you're carrying a lot of expenses that are, right. is, you know, challenging at, at, at some, you know, for a young company like we are, yeah. um, you know, we've had to figure out and navigate, you know, building our company credit, things like that, that yeah. is hard. I mean, when you yeah. start off as a new business, you pretty much have to have everything riding on your you know, your personal credit, which then takes a toll on any of the business owners' personal credit. So yeah. over the last couple of years, we've been trying to navigate how do we get out of this and get more um, secure. And um, yeah, you know, I, it's, we've come to this, you know, restoration side of things on the, you know, uh, insurance buildbacks where we've started to partner with other mitigation firms that yeah. are always looking for contractors that can come in and partner with them and pretty much take the baton. You know, if you think about it in a relay race, like yep. you got, you got the plumber, that's the first responder and you got the mitt company. And then as soon as the mitt's done, you got the restoration. So that's what we're dabbling in now. And we're kind of jumping in full force. We're still going to do um, other components and things like that, but um, yeah. it's something that we're definitely like um, going full, you know, full board towards right now. Well, it's good to keep your portfolio diversified, right? Cause it's funny. Right. You know, the restoration companies want to get into property management, you know, property management companies. Everybody thinks everybody's, you know, revenue stream is better. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's funny how everything's connected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Everything's connected. Yep. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, the pro, uh, you know, I'm I more experienced than you specifically in insurance related work. And then the Joe being... Um, you know, it's been encouraging to me, you know, you and Brandon both looking at the industry saying, hey, this is a really cool opportunity. Um, and, and you guys have been blessed in the sense of, you know, you've partnered with some good um, key allies that, uh, you know, see things similar to the way you see things and uh, right. have been feeding you good work. And, um, you know, so far, a lot of the companies you've been working with have been reasonable. You know, it's not mm -hmm. a blank check, but it's a uh, you know, reasonable back and forth. And so, well, yeah, um, there's an expectation that we give back, but that's yeah. just how the market is. And yep. we're, we're very thankful for those opportunities and we're, we're just, we're rolling yeah. with it, man. It's great. Well, and even with the carriers, as far as like the pushback, it's been, you know, pretty, mm -hmm. it's been sound, you know, so, well, okay. So how we met, we were talking about this the other day. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know a, this story until you told me a couple of days ago. There was a networking event. We'll um, keep that party unnamed but um so i'm wearing the tacoma rainiers it's a minor league baseball team they had an event at cheney stadium and that's, that's not a Ranier shirt yep it's a rainiers or a Ranier. i got it at the rainier store okay, okay. yeah but it, i mean it dual dual representation right so <laughs> um but they uh um so uh we go to this event and um so i register you know i i go in you know are you a vendor um I get my name tag, yada, yada, yada. And we met, we hit it off. I think actually I, I talked to Brandon first. I think he might've been wearing a Mariners hat or something like that. So we we're talking about the state of the Mariners and uh, um, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, and, uh, and he's a, you know, a longtime Tacoma guy. And so yeah. some fun stories there. And, and I'm really excited. The Tacoma defiance is now there at the stadium and they're, um, and they've got the storm playing there too. And, 
So it's a cool, a cool spot in Tacoma. Yeah, it is cool. So anyways, we're, um, so we, we, we hit it off. We talked for quite a bit, went around and then it comes lunchtime, what, you know, three hours later or whatever. And right. so I'm getting my burger, but mayonnaise on my bun. And the lady comes up, she's like, um, well, are you a vendor? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she gets, you know, <laughs> she gets, you could tell she's like, uh, this is awkward, but, um, this is for vendors only. And I was like, I go, wow. I go, I, I, um, I don't remember what I said, but I said, when I, um, when I signed up, it said vendor, non-vendor price. I paid the non-vendor price as a non-vendor, you know, yeah. and then I, I felt like when I checked in, I said the same thing. And, um, you they know, took so, your money though, right? They took yeah, your took, money. Took yeah. the money they had and, no problem doing that. Yeah. And so I felt like I did, I wasn't trying to be nefarious. I wasn't like it said vendors only or, or uh, members only or whatever. And, right. um, and I was like, you know, and I'm going to try to sneak in. And so um, she was like, well, you know, why don't you go ahead and finish up your hamburger? Then you need to get out. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we were wondering where you went. Yeah. I think I said goodbye or whatever and took some pictures or grabbed an extra hot dog, you know, and um, I got <laughs> a peanuts. Uh, I got a family of four, you know, I got four kids, so I took some hot dogs home and, but, <laughs> but, uh, so you didn't know that part, but, uh, but I remember I'm walking by your trucks, um, cause I parked fairly close to you, you know, not knowing. And so yeah. you got these black trucks with this nice red Eagle on it and it says mm -hmm. all American and they both look, you know, uh, really similar, nice and clean. And I was like, man, yeah. that's a, that's a badass looking truck. It, right. It's right. the red pops, you know, the nice Eagle and everything. We'll come to find out. You were telling me the other day, um, that Eagle's gotten you guys into a little bit of trouble. Eh? <laughs> just, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, unintentional trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to preface that with what, <laughs> so we were, uh, we were playing, we finished up a round of golf at, um, at a country club in, in Tacoma and we were <clears throat> we were sitting there eating lunch and uh all of a sudden I just I look over to my left and there's this old dude he's just scowling just furious looking at me and I'm, I'm just like okay whatever man like maybe he had a bad round or something remember. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um and I he 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 goes hey I'm like yeah what's up he's like what's with your shirt and i'm like oh this is my company see my, this is my partner brandon he's got a shirt on too no like what's with your shirt like you look like a gestapo oh jeez. and uh <laughs> um so sidebar i'm wearing a kind of a light gray golf polo yeah with our red eagle on it well for those that don't know our you know our logo you know it it's kind of a firebird thunderbird whatever you want to call it kind of that you know just well think eagle. of the classic like trans am trans am yeah. right but the wing but, you know spread out so i'll try to put right. a picture i'm not super tech savvy but i'll try to put a picture <laughs> your non-millennial will try to put our logo on there yeah, um yeah. <laughs> but it, he you know has a red eagle on the gray shirt and he's like no you you are you a nazi what, what's with your what's with your logo i mean like and i'm and like that no, had never come up before right no, and he, he straight up told me that he used to kill MFers, you know, Ugh. like me. <laughs> now, now that you've said it, I can't unsee it, right? Because right. 
it, it, it doesn't at all look like it, and yet no. it does look like it. And, no, you know, exactly. <laughs> at least you didn't put all American right under the feet, you know, <laughs> in like a circle or something. Right, right. So I, I apologize. I'm like, no, I'm like, it's it's not it's not what it seems. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did not mean to offend you. Yeah. Um. So fast forward a couple months, like you said, we have black trucks. Like that was kind of one of the brand things that we we wanted to stand out. You know, most contractors have white trucks. Yeah or white vans, we wanted, you know, we were able to find black ones, which, you know, in Washington isn't really a, a good move. I mean, there's a reason people have white because it's a lot easier to keep clean. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but we have a big, you know, sprinter with the tall roof and the long wheelbase and all that. And it has the, the big logo on the side. And one of our employees, his name is Mike, and he has a, he is a shaved head. And he pulls up to this site and there's a bar there. And he's, you know, unloading, he's getting some ladders out, we're doing a TI, and um, all of a sudden, these two bald guys come out of the bar and just start yelling at him and giving him the Nazi salute. Giving the salute. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was just like, so he told us that, and this Brandon is down, and I like. This is downtown Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty liberal like, area, right? Yeah, yeah it's so, like, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, we, uh, yeah. we, you know, we need to change our logo, because yeah. we do not want to give off that impression you know what i mean like that's well, not like, that's not at all who we are what we represent like twice right twice in your several years of being in existence but at the same time twice well as twice in two months like that, yeah. that that means it's a trend right yeah so it kind of fits at the right time that you're wanting to uh rebrand well that got me thinking though um you know so like a branding faux pas i put a question mm -hmm. out on linkedin and instagram yeah. trying to get some and I actually did have one guy um, from property management. He sent me a list of like the, um, what was it? The, the biggest brand fails of 2019. Okay. And I know there's, we had talked about previously um, Peloton, right? So that's my, that's my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> well, once you explain it, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the problem with the Peloton? Well, what's funny is I actually really like the branding of Peloton because yeah. it's the, slick. It's it's really clean. Um, I like their they have big black vans. It's really like it's clean and you like them black vans, don't you? Yeah, I, I do. It stands out, and because when you see it, you know when they're they're delivery vans, you see them driving down the road. It, it you know who it is, and I think that's really it's got the P right. Yeah, the P on the back. It has a I think it has a white roof and yeah. Um, but you just you know who it is, and I think that's what a real good brand is. Is like if you just quickly glance at it, you know what it is. Yeah. And, you know, they're all about everything's clean, everything's kind of high end, yeah. fancy, like, we, you know, we sell a really, really expensive bike, and it's almost yeah. like a status symbol to have in your yeah. home, right? Well, kind of the Apple, right? Apple, Nordstrom, you know, yeah. that, that, that yeah. top tier stuff, which is cool. But then it had that commercial that when it first came on, you know, like, like Christmas I didn't think time. anything of it. Yeah, it was Christmas time, and you know, husband was giving her his wife a Peloton, and she loved it, and whatever. Um, but then all of a sudden, because like going back to that guy that was in World War II, it's all about your uh, kind of your your frame of reference, right? And someone I don't even know who started it or how it came out, but all of a sudden it got tagged as like what misogynistic or something. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden it just was like. Peloton's bad, Peloton's bad, Peloton's bad. Well, what the basically people spun it rather than she wanted it. It's like 
this young, attractive, you know, fairly fit gal, and the guy's like, "Here, get in the dungeon and go." Yeah, wake go. up at five a.m. while I'm sleeping because you need yeah. to go ride your bike. Get your five percent body fat down to four. <laughs> yeah, you heifer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I watched it, and maybe, I, maybe I'm just blind. Um, you know, and and I watched it with my wife, and that's like saying, you know, I have a, yeah. I have an ethnic friend or something like that, right? But. Um, <laughs> It's like watching it. I was thinking my mind was it was a gift she wanted. Her husband mm-hmm. just bought her a four thousand dollar exercise bike, and then she, yeah. you know, and then I thought even too my perception, which was probably more what they were going for. Like the daughter's like, yeah, my mom's going getting after it. You know, she's waking mm-hmm. up, and um, you know, so I, you know, what I don't know, um, I I watched their stock. It didn't affect from what I could see their stock. I don't know that it's affected their brand, you know, because sometimes people, I think people's actual buying habits and reactions to something like that. um, I can remember a while back what the the Pepsi one, Pepsi had a really off brand where like one of the little Jenner sisters was like bridging the gap between, you know, um, racial uh, conflict and there, everybody was just like, no. Yeah. She's walking down the street or something, handing out Pepsis, right? Wasn't that at the, like some things together. And, um, you know, that was just extremely like, you know, just tone deaf. Right. And so, um, you know, the Peloton one, you know, regardless, it brought a lot of attention to Peloton and I'm sure people that had never heard of it, that's the other part of it is like, if you really actually hate something, the more you talk about it, you know, the yeah. more you kind of drive people to at least be aware of it. So it's kind right. of, <laughs> um, right. I don't think um, it's been, you know, it's impacted their sales at all, you know? Um, and then you were bringing I, up, I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I saw a Peloton commercial though. Well, they came out with one shortly after. Okay. I think it was a dude. But was it a completely different concept though, where it wasn't like a husband wife dynamic? It's more, yeah. it's probably more like based on like working out and. Yeah. Kind of I'm, I'm not sure. Know. Yeah. That's, I mean, but I, you know, uh, it's just crazy, but you know, like you said, a, a top end, you know, kind of more of a brand and people that want to be fit. And that's like, I hear a lot of people loving them, you know? So, yeah. Um, but you said uh, you saw Ryan Reynolds. Um, I heard about the ad. I never saw it, but uh, he has a gin company. And he um, didn't he actually yeah, he, get the actress in the ad? Yeah. So he got the wife that is in the Peloton commercial, and all of a sudden you just see these three women at a bar drinking <laughs> his gin, and the two outs, you know, the the women on either side are like trying to. Ch- cheer up the wife in the middle that clearly looks like she just got divorced they show vividly that she doesn't have a wedding ring on and it's the same wife nice and she's just downing this gin right and the 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 friends are like oh this is gonna be a fun night yeah Yeah. well that was funny how ryan reynolds was kind of really genius like where he could take something that was causing like negative yeah you know um opinions to go towards peloton right. and use that for his own gain for his to gain traction well, in the marketplace right because i've never heard of i mean i'm not a gin guy but i've never heard of his gin well it, it it goes both ways right because um marketing and then a social media outcry against something doesn't necessarily mean there's an actual ripple in the marketplace or it's affecting right. habits mm-hmm. um you know people can bitch about stuff and it may or may not have an impact um, you know, that's 
part of what makes America great and part of, you know, maybe what uh, some people object, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, you can, you can raise your thing and then, but, but if you're a smaller company, you can be nimble and depending mm -hmm. on your product, I think yeah. too often people are scared to do something. And so they just end up doing what everybody else does. And it's, you know, boring, you know, it does. But I think, I think it goes back to, the original point that Peloton's a good brand because they were able to make it through a controversy like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So. And I, I would imagine it. And it, uh, well, and two, um, without even addressing it, like they, it, it was just like the, they stopped playing the commercial, and yeah. it was okay. Just let it go Obviously, away. You don't want to be tone deaf as a company, but two, I think, uh, to some degree, it, it wasn't ill-intentioned, right? Or you know, right. grossly. I, right. I wouldn't say it was in the category of grossly tone deaf, you know, it's just like, well, shit, like, you know, we didn't think of it that way. <laughs> right. Hold it and right. uh, whatever. Uh, uh, I guess one that impacts us here locally, the Boeing 737 Max. Um, <laughs> obviously not funny because what, two planes went down and... Um, you not, know, not, good for, not good for business. No. 300 plus people died and then it gets grounded, right? But... Right. Uh, you know, I'm, so I'm from Eastern Washington. I don't remember if I told you this, I went to visit my sister a while back and, uh, they have the, um, airport in Moses Lake mm -hmm. and it's for a long time been super long runway. They've had a contract with Japanese airlines for training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I remember early two thousands, it was one of the alternate, um, landings for one of the shuttles. Um, cause it's a military, uh, runway. It was a base out there, but Anyways, that whole area is just full of 737 Maxes. That's one of the areas where they're stored. Really? They're just so, hanging out. Of yeah, um, waiting for, for them to be repaired. But uh, I don't know if that's as much as a brand as just, uh, um, you know, it sounds like rushing to get something out and, um, you know, missing a few key items, right? Um, <laughs> Your plane should fly. <laughs> Yeah, or not like try to crash itself, right? Yeah, exactly. The the stories you read. So, um, you know, them coming out of that, you know, thankfully they, they I, well, you can't even really give credit to Boeing because uh, Trump grounded them, right? I mean, the F, uh, not the FDA, but the FTA or whatever it is. What do you, what do you think about the um, Tesla Cybertruck? I was excited to see it, but man, when it came out, it, it looked... I don't know. I, I was disappointed. I, I was excited to. What did it, did it invoke anything or is it just like, meh? Honestly, when I saw it, I was like, this isn't real. This is not, that's not the truck that they yeah. are going to release. This is a, this is a hoax. This is, I mean, especially when they were, th they broke the bulletproof glass or whatever. And <laughs> they dented the, they worse. dented the non-dentable pa panels. Um, Somebody's fired or dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, well, I didn't like it. The one I like the other. I like the other Teslas though. The other Teslas are cool, but that, but I'm, on I'm the one sure. hand, though, I mean, almost all trucks are some variation of the same thing, right? It just it's like Kias look like Mercedes now. Yeah. Hondas look like you know Lexuses. It's mm -hmm. there's very little variation in body types, and so that's the one thing I hand to um, Elon Musk is, you know, it's different. It is definitely different, you know, and I think if you're a niche market, I don't think he's going after, although I think the price who, on it who, is like 60 K or something like that. Who's going to buy that though? I mean, I mean, I got a buddy that says two of them on reserve, you know, so people like the Peloton thing, people that are brand loyal, they're like, yeah. Oh yeah. 
you know? So I guess, yeah, if you live in an urban like environment where you're not using it like on a daily basis as a contractor, I could see. Well, know. but even, yeah, I, I think the hard part of the contractor, obviously they got to put the bigger batteries in it or something to get the mileage because you typically drive longer distances or whatever. So, so I would just think about, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. I was, I was not impressed. Not a hit. It would be interesting to see up close though, you know, to see, um, you know, what, uh, um, well, what hat do, do you know? I mean, you said the Peloton stock wasn't affected. Was, was the Tesla stock affected no. after that? Uh, maybe, maybe slightly, um, just pre COVID. Uh, I remember Tesla stock went under $500. I think it went under $400 for a minute and it's back up to almost 800 now. So, and they account that for the truck. No, um, I, I think um, it was more because they're thinking their factories were going to get shut down because they were mm. not essential, you know, so yeah. the stock market, you know, you know, people are talking about like, you know, well, the stock market's not affected, you know, that's more based on the solvency of the core businesses, you know, as opposed to yeah. how it's impacting regular people. So, you know, well, you also got to factor in the Elon Musk component, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we know he's going to rebound. Well, and it's been a, a stock that's traditionally kind of done this. Yeah. Um, right. The other one. So we were talking a little bit. Are you aware of WeWork or had you been aware of it prior to us talking about? Not, not, not till you broached it, but it, it's your space, the property management. So it's the, the shared working spaces. Um, I don't remember the guy. I don't really care. You know, so is it kind of like that, the, the office type setup that we had a couple years ago where you can rent like a little office within a whole floor. I think they were doing that like on massive scale. Right. But okay. uh, it's another one of those companies where he's like, it's not even about the product. It's about the impact on the world. Um, I recently listened to a podcast about it and um, you know, there, he got, he got some big people like Ashton Kutcher to me, the, the, the people that started looking at it um, and Scott Galloway kind of um, he coined the phrase uh, yoga babble. And it's like the degree of a company's just kind of BS that they throw out there in relationship to its actual metrics. And um, got it. people get, uh, he got in like people that were, I don't remember if it was Alibaba or something like that, you know, some of those big investors. Um, so mm -hmm. he had big people driving them and telling them he's a genius and stuff like that. Um, but it basically crumbled and it turned out it was BS. You know, um, one of the things that stands out he was like, uh, he's like, we're going so green that we're not even allowing our salespeople to buy steak dinners, you know, no meat, you can't buy meat. So, you know, sometimes in companies it's like, there's a cap on alcohol or you can't buy, right. Right. You can't buy steak dinners. And they're like, what, what are we going to do? And it turns out he's doing this like, you know, Uber lamb shake, you know, type of things, you know, on his vacations <laughs> and stuff like that. So just a hypocrite, you know, and whatever. He's like, he's like Leo. <laughs> so but uh but the you know the yoga babble came out of that um i guess the other i was scrolling through um they they talk about branding fails they're talking about baby yoda um they aren't saying baby yoda was a fail but they didn't get the product out soon enough like around christmas time you couldn't buy baby yoda mm. you know crap or whatever so brand oversight yeah yeah or didn't expect it to be as popular as it was so um sometimes even companies like uh disney don't know what they you know the gem that they have huh so mandalorian was good though after you got through the first couple episodes the first first two or three were slow 
Yeah, but that kind of evoked kind of that the classic, uh, you know, you know. Um, yeah, but there was that one episode where it was like thirty something minutes where there was no talking. Oh, that was really? a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I overall, I, I liked it though. I mean, I and I love I like John Favreau a lot, but yeah, I, I really yeah, he's it, he's so. killer. Um, so yeah, so as we kind of, um, wrap things up, um, did you have any thoughts? You've been listening to the podcast, so the pro versus Joe. So what episode one was David Princeton with, um, claim advocacy, there we go, claim on, bro. advocacy service. Um, any thoughts on, um, that episode? Do you recall that one? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's a really cool service that he offers that, yeah. um, you know, I, you know, we've been doing this for seven, eight months now, um, had a lot of interactions with a lot of adjusters and um, most of them have been good, but there are some, you know, whether it's the company they, you know, the, the, the insurance company they work for, or just the adjuster themselves that <clears throat> they're clearly out to protect the insurance company rather than, you know, the yeah. homeowner and, yeah, yeah. or business owner. I mean, it goes both ways, commercial and residential, but um, just to know that there's someone that um, can go to bat for our clients. If they, if we feel like, or they feel like they're kind of getting pushed around by their, yeah. their adjuster a little bit to get, you know, their claim closed out on a lower level. Um, yeah. It's cool. I, I really thought that's something that we could rely on um, because then you know, we're, we don't have to be the expert. We can just yeah. provide them, you know, a, a place to go and talk to an expert that will have their back. Well, we've talked about this a little bit, but there's, there's a real fine line between saying I'm a contractor and I believe this is the estimate. This is the scope of work that I believe is appropriate to bring you to pre-loss conditions. Right. This is what I need as a contractor to be able to do that and make a profit, you know, much like the insurance company is making a profit and it's more than 10 and 10. Um, yeah. you know, um, For real. but, but then when an adjuster or a claims professional wants to haggle on the details, it's like, you know, at some point it can get, like we said, we've been talking about, there's been some, most of them have been pretty reasonable so far and, yeah. and you know, it's like, okay, adjust it this way or whatnot. But, um, you know, when they, when it gets into the contractor getting into the contract language and fighting ridiculous battles, then it's like, you know, that's, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not an adjuster. You're an adjuster. And you know, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not restoring them to pre-loss conditions. So. Right. And, you know. and truthfully, if we did not, if we don't fight for our client, they're not going to get their, yeah. their home or their business back to pre-loss. Right. Well, we were talking about that one where um, <laughs> the mitigation company was called out. They, they cut one side of the wall um, but then didn't do anything on the sandwich wall. They didn't do, and it was near the source area, right? As it relates to yeah. the dining room. Where yeah, the, yeah, they had opened up the wall on the opposite side of yeah. the room and not the wall directly adjacent to the hot water tank that yeah. blew up. And, you know, they only had a certain number of, you know, I think it was $5,000 or whatever of mold coverage. And the adjuster was trying to say like, well, you, you know, even if we open the wall up, they're not going to be covered. And I'm like, but you're hired, you hired the mitigation company to go out and do this. Right. And they did not cut open that wall. Right. So right. if they didn't dry out that area right. and mold, right. Yeah, exactly. And that mold grew as a result of you 
um, not doing your due diligence, right? Then shouldn't that be at the responsibility of the insurance company, not the homeowner? Right. Because the homeowner didn't say, "I oh, don't open that wall." No, that that was the mitigation vendor's choice, yeah. and the mitigation vendor was a preferred vendor of that particular insurance company. So we had to advocate for our client, and you know, ultimately we did more due diligence, and there wasn't mold there. But regardless, it it, it ended up being a, you know what a four or five hundred dollar fix where you had to open up the wall and patch a little drywall here and there. I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, ultimately they were trying to push through the claim. And as a result of us advocating for our client, they ended up with new flooring because the original, yeah, that was probably even more egregious, right? They were right. laminate flooring affected by water throughout the whole main floor of the home. Whole it's floor. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. But if you walk through there, it squeaks everywhere. There's cupping everywhere. It's just, yeah. It, it was, it, I don't know, it, it it was crazy just to go through that. But that would have been a situation where if I knew that I could refer that client to someone yeah. like that, it, it would have been really cool for us to have them well, fight for our client. And that's one thing that David brings up in, um, you know, I kind of brought it up off the cuff is like understanding, you know, if there is a cap on mold, um, and we deal with that as, with asbestos too, there's typically caps for asbestos or it may not be covered. Right. Well. So this wall and this floor would be pulled out with water damage and should, right. have, you know, so then, keep the M word out of it, right? Keep the M yeah, word out. Well, or even if you did discover mold, then what is specific to mold? Maybe even the containment, you might've done that for a dust barrier anywhere. So then you're getting into your negative errors, your PPE and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, that was one thing that David was talking about is being aware of how the policies adjusted and if there's a limit on something making sure that you're classifying correctly i think we were at your office i was showing you you know the dwelling coverage yep. contents coverage and so there's ways you can manipulate that you know if you know that there's a cap on something you know so right um you know we're called to i feel like we're called to be doctors of disaster and so you know just like any yep. doctor you're um continually learning and uh you know and part of exactimate's a big part of that tool but it's it's more um, just making sure you're doing the thinking through your processes and doing the right things every time. And, and that you're really thorough when you go and you, you inspect someone's yeah. home that's been, you know, well, especially because on our end, we come in after everything's primarily been demoed and dried yeah. out. Like, yeah. Well, one thing that you guys do that's great is like, you know, video the loss, do the walkthrough and do the narrative. That's great for your own. You have a before and after you've got notes. If you, forgot to write something down, it's there, you know, and then mm -hmm. also having the pictures. So that's what I think that goes to the trying to utilize technology, you know, yeah. quote, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, called me the millennial of, of mitigation or of yep. restoration. Right. Yep. yep. <laughs> but I think we can, we can use the tools that we have. And yep. if that helps us, you know, provide a better service to our clients and let's use yeah. it. When I've always been, you know, try to be practical, you know, so I want to use as much technology as helps, but not use technology as just for the sake of using it. So, um, well, and I, I think it's really interesting because like, just from your perspective and mine, you've shown me how you, you do your drawings on your graph paper. Yeah. And for me, I like, I'm geometrical. I, I really, I like spatially, yeah. I can see it that way. But for me, I like the the Bosch, you know, the app we use where we have the pictures yeah. and everything it shows the measurements on it. For some reason, I just, everybody kind of has their own yes. flavor of doing yeah. it. Right. Well, and some guys, some guys <laughs> like bringing their computers into a loss and writing right from the site. Um, 
we had a guy that was using real effectively uh, Surface Pro to do his sketching, and he had a rigid version of that tape measure that would import yeah. the sketch. And so, um, you know, there, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? But right. Uh, right. But that's like I know I can. The the one thing I like about the graph paper, and I've got a video about that. I think you guys have seen. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I like it because it's to me it's foolproof. And early technologies, um, you uh, some of that stuff would get erased, and you lose all your stuff, and you have to go back and do it. You know, and so. Well, and you know what's funny about that is um, coming from the perspective, being the contractor, especially yeah. as a GC, we if everything's on that app that we use and it's all just laid out in, a, in an exportable PDF, which yeah. is great. You can send it. To we, we can send that to everybody and whether it's a flooring or a countertop or cabinets, like it's all there yep. and we don't have to go back and try to yep. draw it out or anything like that. It's just, if we make sure, maybe it takes us an extra 15, 20 minutes when we're in that home or that business, but ultimately that's going to save us time in the back end, not having to, you know, repurpose things. Well, and that's, we've talked about that. The Bosch overall layout is a little bit, it's limited, you know, as far yes. as like trying to get the room dimensions and trying mm -hmm. to figure out where things line up. But it doesn't scale very well. Where you scale. can take pictures and put your measurements in the picture, that's super mm -hmm. helpful. Um, and well, I and we're excited because we ordered um, the new iPad Pro that comes out or came out and lens. with the wide angle lens because, you know, we have the iPhones with the wide angle lens and that's been huge for us in our business. Yeah. But yeah. the I think our iPad's only maybe two, three years old, but it has, it has a really yeah. narrow angled camera. And I mean, you're you're leaning way back trying to take pictures and yeah. it's, it's hard, it's especially in these bigger homes we go to. Yeah. You can't, you can't get everything on there. Well, and that's, you know, speaking of, uh, let's see, I mentioned Andy McCabe there and Ben earlier, he talked, he was talking about Matterport with a three, 360, 360 degree camera yeah. scan and, yeah. and um, being able to do a walkthrough, but there's some costs and some mm -hmm. technology involved in that. So, um, well, good, man. Well, let's wrap up any other closing thoughts or anything for this segment. Pros versus Joes. Jordan is better than LeBron. Oh, that's it. You, hey, <laughs> you got to be definitive, right? That's uh, 100%. Take your stance. Yeah. And Kobe um, is better than LeBron. So it's Jordan, oh, Kobe, LeBron. Okay, okay. That's it. All right. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I definitely show my kids, you know, when when there's that dispute just I, I think the one thing that that modern fans don't understand is just the way defense was played you know back then I think that's got to be a big account you know well and I know you said you hadn't watched episode four they go into detail on the Pistons and like what their the Jordan rules the Jordan rules and like well, I mean I watched that 30 for 30 on the Pistons the bad boys right yeah yeah that was good watch the one on um, Rodman, you know, that was really mm -hmm. good too. So yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate uh, you coming out for this and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, people enjoy this and take something from it. And yeah, I, I, like I said, I've been encouraged you and Brandon's, you know, coming to it and just saying, you know, Hey, this is cool. What do we do here? What do we do here is, yeah. you know, it's been exciting to me. So. Well, you've been a huge help to our company too, man. We're excited to kind of see how we both can grow uh, say that again. John Isaacson has been a crucial role or played a crucial role in our company okay. in the growth. I just wanted to make sure. He is an exact mate. Yeah, not a ninja. <laughs> no, no.
<laughs> well, cool, man. All right. Well, we'll right, talk to you again. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you soon. Request record permission for the VG Please, sir. How would I do that? Allow record. Oh! I just pressed allow record over on manage participants. So. Recording. Uh, I'm recording and you're recording? See, I'm choosing a new location. Okay. Let's see. Record. Yep, it's working for me. Sweet.